Welcome to 15 Minutes to Wellness by the American Council on Exercise. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, the ACE Senior Fitness Consultant for Behavioral Sciences and your host for this series. My goal today and for every podcast in the series is to discuss some small steps you can take to help you better your life and find happiness through health. In each broadcast in the series, I'll interview a new health and fitness expert. I also want to welcome the hundreds of thousands of folks searching for positive ways to make health, nutrition, and fitness a part of their daily, hectic, busy, tight, and budgeted lives. I am so excited to be able to welcome Dr. Walter Bortz to 15 Minutes to Wellness. Uh, Folks who are listening, you are in for a rare and very special treat. Dr. Bortz is the Clinical Professor of Medicine at Stanford University School of Medicine, graduate of Williams College and the University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine. Uh, He's recognized as one of America's most distinguished scientific experts on aging and longevity. He's written over 130 medical articles for all of the major medical journals, has written quite a number of books from Occupy Medicine, Dare to Be 100, Living Longer for Dummies, The Roadmap to 100, and a number of books on diabetes as well. He's past co-chair of the American Medical Association's Task Force on Aging, former president of the American Geriatric Society, has been chairman of the Medical Advisory Board for the Diabetes Research and Wellness Foundation. Dr. Bortz is in his young 80s, married to a magnificent woman, Ruth Ann, who both are runners, have run about 40-some-odd marathons. He'll be telling us about that, including the most recent Boston Marathon and are preparing for the New York Marathon coming up as well. I'm delighted to be able to welcome Dr. Bortz, a good friend, colleague, and a wealth of information. You're in for a very special treat. Thank you so much, Walter, for being with us. You embarrass me, Michael. You embarrass me. (laughs) Well, we could talk for hours, and the audience listening will learn so much about living life. Let's start by talking about what's wrong with medicine today. Medicine is a repair shop. It wants to fix you because we can bill you for that. Its main two tools are surgery and drugs. What it should be is in the prevention business, should be in the health business. Unfortunately, health doesn't pay. That's the ultimate arbiter. Well, you say it in such a uh, quick and easy way, but it's so profound what you're saying. We have people undergoing the knife, opening medicine bottles, and you say that physical exercise promotes robust aging. Let me embarrass you a little bit more. You are an avid runner. I understand that you average 15, 20 miles or so a week or more. You've run more than 41 marathons, including the New York and Boston Marathon. You give lectures all over the world, 50 plus a year. Where do you find your energy? We're born with it, and it's up to us to nourish it and nurture it and understand. I I have a big gig going on the human potential. One of my favorite philosophers was William James, and James says, we live lives inferior to ourselves. So the human potential is vast. Not only can we and should we live to be 100, but we should live to be 100 
well, and all we need is understanding. And my big goal right now is health literacy. People don't die of cancer, heart, strokes. They die because they're not taking care of themselves. And that's the big thing about aging is now we know what the curriculum is. We do know how to prevent almost all illness. Walter Willett, the head of public health at Harvard, says that 90% of cancer is preventable. But unfortunately, the entire cancer empire are in treatment people, therapists, surgeons, chemo people, x-rays. They want to treat you after the fact. Almost no money is going into prevention, and that same story holds for the rest of it. Does prevention cost a lot? Prevention costs a little. We spend $2 trillion on cure. We spend a couple hundred thousand on prevention. How about smoking? How much does a case of lung cancer cost? How much does it cost to stop smoking, not to start? So the lever between prevention and cure or attempted cure is terribly tilted. You comment that the most important organ of the body, I, I probably say this once a day, I quote <laughs> you at least at least once a day and more, more often than that. But one of the favorite things that you say is the most important organ of the body are not your liver, your heart, your lungs, but your legs. Tell us about that. Well, it's a very commonsensical thing. I think we live as long as we're active. And the modus of our activity is how far we move and how do we, I guess you could move without legs, but it'd be, that'd be a <laughs> tough bargain. So the legs are kind of the uh, metronome of how fast we live. If we keep our legs going, I, somewhere, I, I think I have in an addendum somewhere that there's a hundred year, hundred thousand mile warranty. Now a hundred thousand miles per life is 3,000 miles a year, which is 10,000 steps a day. 10,000 steps a day, right. About gets you to 100 years. And the uh -huh. reason for that is I, I wrote a blog said that exercise is the oboe's A. What I mean by <laughs> that is that in a symphony, the symphony's all clamoring out there until the oboe plays A, and then everything comes into order. Well, the body is listening all parts of the body, the arteries, the pancreas, the brain are listening to the obose, and the obose is your fitness level. This is why I love you, Walter. <laughs> and this is why I admire you. You're it's just it's always empowering and inspirational and motivational to listen to you. I want the audience to know what you mean by dare D A R E to be one hundred. Tell us that formula. Well, DARE's a nice little acronym for diet. Obviously, we are what we eat a little bit. A, attitude, that's probably the most important of the four. R is recreation, rest, and E is exercise. So D-A-R-E, and I wrote a book by that title. I was actually on the Today Show with that, with Brian Gumpel, and the centerpiece of it is 99 Steps to 100, all organized around the D-A-R-E formulation. So we have so much misinformation, so many myths about those four principles, diet, attitude, relaxation, rest, exercise. Try to clear some of this up for us. Talk about diet. What, what's your diet like and, and Ruth Ann's diet? What, what do you guys uh, subscribe to as a healthy eating plan? Well, I guess I'm a prisoner of these values that are put out by 
the the authorities, but I'm much much less a diet guy than an exercise guy. I am on record at saying, perhaps with too much emphasis, that if you're a runner, you can eat lard. And the reason <laughs> for that is that you burn it off. But very few of us exercise enough to be able to tolerate all the grease that goes into us. So if we sit and eat grease, then it just sediments in our body tissues, our arteries and the rest. But if you're out there burning fat, then you have no liability. So what, I, where was I? I was maybe on the diet, on the Today Show. Uh, yes. What's the right diet? And I said, for what exercise domain? So the average person who's listening today uh, maybe working out, maybe in a walking program, yoga, Pilates, they go to a gym. What's your recommendation? What do you think they ought to be doing specifically? See, Michael, that's your job. I'm, ah. I'm, a, I'm at 50,000 feet. Uh, I, I have these grand principles that I worship. But when it comes down to how many, how frequently, where, with whom, that's the fine print, and it's very important. It's not so important what you do as that you do. Doing is the essence. And you certainly do. You are a runner. Tell us about that. Well, I started to run when I was 39 when my dad died. Dad was a big hitter. He was a person of the AMA and a started the AARP, and he was a great man, and then he died on me, which was a terrible insult, and I was clinically depressed, not knowing anything better to do, I started to run, and I'm a terrible runner, I run like I have army boots on, but I've run a marathon every year for 44 consecutive years, including Boston this past year. I was on Heartbreak Hill when the cops stopped me, said, Boston, shut, no further, you got to go back. That was an insult, but I'm planning on New York this November 2nd. And Ruthann has actually won the Boston Marathon twice, right? She won it twice for her age group. Last year, she was insulted because she was running as an 80-year-old and was beaten by another 80-year-old woman. So her vanity suffered at that. I'm sure that somehow she's getting through <laughs> that with your help. <laughs> Dr. Bortz, health is not a numerical concept, is it? Of course not. Health is a definition of life. I, I talk to the business school at Stanford every year. I say, what's the most important asset in your life? And health has to be that. The auxiliary question to that is, who owns your health? And the only answer to that is you. It's not Walgreens. It's not the Mayo Clinic. You own your health. And that was the essence of the last book I wrote called Occupy Medicine. Don't look Which, is, by the dog. way, is a great book. I've read it. I've sent it to a billion people. Oh, it's a must-read. Michael, i got to put you on salary, man. <laughs> you talk about the fact that aging is due to disuse, not dis-ease. Right. Tell us about that. Well, I had my leg in a cast after a ski accident, and it shriveled up, and I said, why? That's not a disease. So it leads to the concept of frailty. And what is frailty? Frailty, again, is not a disease. It's failure to use it. And use it or lose it is an assertion of the second law of thermodynamics. And Len Hayflick and I just got a grant to put on a meeting in Washington at the Geologic Society in November, citing the second law of thermodynamics as the cause of aging. And that says that everything ages. Everything in the universe ages. Canyons, chevrolets, daffodils. We age 
inevitably. So there is no immortality. That's a delusion, and we got to get over that stuff. But we now know concretely what aging is, and it can be defined and has metrics. Mm-hmm. One of my statements, I talked in Dublin last summer that aging is negotiable. It's going to happen, but the pace at which it happens. So fitness is a 30-year age offset. A 70-year-old fit person is as an unfit 40-year-old. That's a very impressive statistic. and So by being fit, you gain 30 years of good life. So by being fit, I want the audience to hear this, you gain 30 years of life. Good life. Good life. And you say that we live too short and die too long. Tell us what you mean by that. Well, that's part of my Pennsylvania Dutch heritage. We come too soon old and too late smart. So it's kind of that iambic pentameter that says we live too short. And right. We don't live as long as we ought to, and we take too long to die. Nothing's worse than a car that dies by $200 increments. We don't die by $200 increments. We die by $10,000 increments. And... We ought to get it over with in a hurry, and the only way to do that is keep your foot on the gas pedal. It's hard on a, in a radio podcast to paint a picture, but you have a picture of the typical bell-shaped curve, and you say that we climb up the curve on the left side, and then we take a long time coming down the right side of the slope. And you say instead it should be a square. On the top, we just keep going along, loving, living, making love, having fun, being active, energetic. And at the very, very end of that square, right where it falls off, we give a little cough, poop, and then we're done. Boom. How to go. That's the way to do it, right? Absolutely. And the only way to do that is live vigorously. Sitting around watching television 10 hours a day, you're going to die long. I just read a statistic yesterday that the happiest people are the ones who have the least excess time on their hands. What do you think about that? <laughs> That's good. I like that a lot. I like that. One of my colleagues at Stanford is Laura Karstenson, and she's now making a whole psychologic inventory of older people, and not only are older people getting healthier, the smarter we get, but they're getting happier at the time. So we're living in a good age, Michael. Dr. Bortz, what's your definition of happiness? Having something to do the next day that helps people get through their day better. It's all an energy exchange, and as long as we are dynamos, as long as we're giving energy for a useful purpose, that's, that's as high a goal as we can have. We know that diabetes um, is uh, almost an epidemic in America oh, today. Oh, over an epidemic. Oh, definitely. And you're an expert in that area. You have held uh, positions of authority in this area, the chairman of the Medical Advisory Board for the Diabetes Research Wellness Foundation, Talk a bit about the role that exercise plays in diabetes. Well, it's one of the two features. Uh, there was an article in the British Medical Journal said diabetes and obesity, which is the precursor, is it, is it gluttony or is it sloth? And it's both, obviously. We eat too much, but we move too little. And uh, there's a conspiracy going on that encourages us to move almost none. We can get by just with our index finger these days, and that's dangerous, and we're paying heavily for it. 
I hear there are, what, 200 million Americans at risk for diabetes now. Cause just go to a supermarket or an airport and you get full testimony. Everybody with a bulging waistline is a potential diabetic. <laughs> well, you have written about the roadmap to living 100. Um, you've talked about uh, living longer dare to be 100, we live too short, die too long. I wish I could interview you uh, for the next week because you're just packed with solid information. And it's disruptive thinking, Walter. Somewhere along the line, you just are able to inspire, motivate, and impact people. And uh, we hope and pray that you have many, many, many more healthy years, you and Ruthann, together. Well, Michael, you're, you're a dear friend, and I appreciate it a lot. Well, I appreciate you coming on today and sharing some of your uh, thoughts. And I know we'll do this again. You're a good friend of ACE, American Council on Exercise, very, very well respected here. And uh, we have to do more together. So thanks so much for coming on and contributing to 15 Minutes to Wellness for us today. I appreciate all your efforts, Michael. You're terrific. Thank you very, very much, Walter. And uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. As always, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and continue your journey to health and fitness by visiting acefit.com, where you can find everything you need to live your most fit and healthy life. You can explore thousands of healthy recipes, health and fitness videos and articles, uh, workout plans, health programs, creative ways you can get your family moving, and really expert insight on a wide range of topics. Join me next time on 15 Minutes to Wellness, which you can find at acefit.com slash fitcasts. I'm Dr. Michael Mantell, thanking you for being with us on 15 Minutes to Wellness. Wellness.